Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. What a couple of weeks we've had. Yeah, lots to catch up on. We're on episode 63. Uh, Hope you enjoyed our bank episode last week. But what a whirlwind of two weeks, man. (laughs) Absolutely. I just got off the plane uh, moments ago before signing in. Uh, Excited to do this nonetheless, but uh, coming in from Los Angeles after having appeared on the, the America's Got Talent finale. Yeah, it was so funny that like this was like such a quick turnaround that like you didn't even know you were going to be on the show until kind of like last minute. I mean, we took a week off and it, there was no expectation of it was because of a television thing. <laughs> right, because it wasn't at that time. Yeah, right? no, <laughs> that wasn't the reason. Um, you know, these things are always sort of like somewhat last minute. You always mm-hmm. wish you had more time to prepare than you do. But uh, the finale in particular, I will because I've. I did the finale. I did a collaboration with Derek Hughes once before in a finale right. when he was uh, competing on the show. I will say, uh, having done like regular results shows uh, versus the finales are way more rushed because they need to produce not only all of the acts for the performance night, but then all of these crazy collaborations right. with all of this other talent that needs to get booked to come in as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, the only person it might have been more last minute for was was Rico than me. Oh, uh, Rico Rodriguez from Modern Family. Yeah, you know. Yeah, obviously we're going to be talking about the AGT finale in this episode because uh, it just happened. Uh, if you haven't oh, seen yeah. it, you know we we can't skip the headline here. Spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> Magic's on top, buddy. Yeah, Magic won again, third and this time. Is, this is huge because now we're getting to the point where it's like probably measures out roughly to like once every three years in the past. You know, right? Since you less, won, actually. you were the first. Right. Yeah. Which was season nine. We're in season right. 16 now. Yeah. But like, so there, yeah. And then there was one in between that. So yeah. Magic, if it, if it's having a resurgence, it's been going on for quite some time. It hasn't really disappeared mm-hmm. because even those years where it wasn't a magician winning, we're seeing them in the top five things like right. that. Yeah. So we might not realize it because we're in it, but magic is hot right now. Yeah. Magic is hot. Audience is voting for it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. even, even having two, magicians end up being in the top five oh uh, right right in this last season so obviously we're talking about spoilers i i hopefully you've found out if you're listening to this you're a fan of agt um so hopefully you know that uh uh, dustin tavella won the whole thing amazing and you were there for it and you were part of it and you were part of his uh you know after he competed in the finals and did his final performance you were part of his results performance with the celebrities which they didn't even do last year because of covid right and they were in the oh, bubble and now right. and this was like a big return to let's have celebrity guests come in including yourself star-studded event i mean we had um oh gosh i can never say her name but she's probably well, i mean one of the biggest stars just uh, say just- adele dazim it's Adina Menzel. It, yeah, that's the name. <laughs> Adina. That's it. She's a wonderful pentatonics. Yeah. Um uh it, yeah, Rico from Modern Family, who I got to do a thing with, which was great. Yeah, you had Rico Rodriguez, who looks very different from we all saw him growing up on Modern Family as Manny, and then yes. having his little uh modern family reunion with Sofia Vergara. <laughs> yes. Was, yeah. 
and he was uh, part was of your bit. Got, yeah, and great. we got the theme song. We got to use the modern modern family theme song when he came up, which I was really happy about. Which uh, was but a it's funny network, by the way. Anyway, yeah, that's why I was excited we were yeah. able to get it. <laughs> um, yeah, he and I met like on Instagram recently, so it was so ironic. So I didn't know who was going to be the special guest because mm-hmm. uh, I knew, okay, we're not going to have one of the judges on stage. Instead, we're going to get um, another guest that somehow fits into this whole puzzle. And when I arrived in LA, I still didn't know who that was. So like the script I wrote just said special guest. And then when they said Rico, I was like, oh my gosh, like we just started following each other on Instagram, like maybe like a month or two ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is so cool because I, I never really watched Modern Family. I've seen one or two episodes, but I, I know it's great because Tiana loves it. I was going to ask if you knew who you, he was, <laughs> but it sounds like you yeah. did. Yeah. So that's Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so so I guess I, we should uh, get everyone caught up to speed on our we usually do our AGT wrap, wrap up two weeks ago. We're like, well, we'll cover all the things. So so I guess like uh, it's a little less uh, it's a little more lackluster now. But uh, we had the, <laughs> <laughs> the semi-finals. Yeah. Exciting, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, well, there's like we'll do a quick recap of like the semifinals. We we already talked about Dustin's bit in the semifinals that got him to the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Leah Kyle who did another amazing um, uh, quick change routine. That that is that the one that involved the swing? Yeah, I think, I think that was yeah so it was a swing, and then she had like a long dress that like yeah, it was it was amazing. I'll just, I'll just say this. I mean. Uh, her and whoever helps her has done a phenomenal job in making each of her acts different and like have a theme. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm floored because quick change is like really hard to try to make it feel different than your last performance. We've seen acts struggle with that all the time. Right. And she did a fun little thing, even in our finale, uh, bit where right. she was like kind of changing it up with the judges and kind of going with what they were wearing as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree because quick change, because it's so, costume dependent you like literally have to make new outfits which could take forever and that was the biggest criticism when quick change first appeared on agt back in season one was like the act was exactly the same except for the like maybe the final dress was different or something like that right and they tried to spruce it up a little bit but leah when she was on like it's felt different because of the theming and the the costumes and attire was all different so that was just impressive and i got to be honest i don't know how a lot of quick change works right <laughs> as right. a mentalist i don't need to know so right. i'm still fooled i mean like obviously something's going on and just like you know just the the, the fact that she's doing some of these changes without any cover at all like yeah, usually there's open. fog or confetti or something that obscures it for a second but the fact mm-hmm. that it's just like in an instant boom it's right. changing that's really impressive yeah, it's it's uh, it's off the charts. Yeah, she's that that act is is something else. That would be a great thing to see in Vegas. That's cool. I agree. And then we had the uh, mentalist who got eliminated in the semifinals. He did a uh, a reveal with uh, photos and the judges and uh, um, basically, um, I guess I guess Simon buzzed after the end of that act. Uh, yeah, too. I think probably. Uh, why do you suppose he buzzed? And I. I, do you think it was the like the? Do you think he sort of avoided Simon's question 
do you think it was because he didn't like the answer to this question or yeah what do you think yeah to to not go too into it again because again this is all you know congrats to peter for, for making it to the semifinals too uh you know being in the like yeah we're here a, to raise people up here so. a, another another mentalist who made it to the semifinals from one to the other congratulations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i just yes. want to say <laughs> but uh but yeah no there was uh i don't know if there was, it seemed like maybe something didn't go exactly as planned uh, and Simon kind of was calling him out on that. Uh, I mean, and he recovered really well, and uh, it's still impressive to do any of these reveals, especially like you know Heidi's phone had a picture on that. He nailed that spot on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there was. I think there was just a moment where Simon was like, "It's it's always that trap question. Is like, was that exactly supposed to be what happened?" And right. And but he, he gave the psychic powers answer. Right, which is a little little tricky. And that that's part I have no problem saying like that's that's part where like it differs from my moral compass on how I would answer a question in that exactly. But I think no matter what you respond at that moment you're kind of it's you're shooting yourself in the foot, I think. Oh yeah, it's not an easy <laughs> position to be in for sure. Right. So, um he got a great exposure on the show and again making the semifinals is no uh, easy task. So uh, congrats to Peter on a fantastic run and we'll see where he uh, ends up next and what he does. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the finals and we have yep. the finals. Um, do you want to describe Dustin's uh, final piece? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the tournament store picture looked awesome. Yeah, that was cool. So he had a <laughs> picture visual. of his family, right? His parents. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And he kind of had the uh, message of like they had some hard times and they kind of ripped up the photo and then restored it through his. Yeah. There was something about the word give. Like I know there was like confetti flying around and that part, I didn't quite follow what happened exactly. Um, but it ended with snowstorm and, um, orchestral music. Right. Right. Exactly. So that was very pulling at the heartstrings and kind of this inspiring message of, um, you know, let's, let's be better. Give, give yourself to, you know, whatever the world and inspire people that way. I think there's a lot for magicians to learn from Dustin. I mean, because what he's doing is authentic to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So being yourself goes a really long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There, the, he, there's definitely. I think it's a sign of the times of what we're in. We've been as a as a world. We've been in a pandemic that's been locking us in to our homes, and mm-hmm. it's been really rough. I mean, it, I think it even speaks to last year's winner, Brandon League, the poet, and how mm-hmm. inspirational and kind of uplifting his tone was. And I think people want that positivity and that you know sense of hope. And I think Dustin did a great job of relaying that, using magic as the tool to get his message across, rather than the focus being on just the magic itself. Yeah, and it's a great direction, though, for America's Got Talent because it has had sort of inspirational undertones for quite some time now, which is, uh, it's I think, an improvement from when it was sort of first getting its footing and there was a, a lot more of, like, the gong show element previously. Mm-hmm. And I, I think inspirational is, a, is positive for the experience of the performers. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, and obviously it worked because so. the, the America voted and he won the whole show. Yeah, and to have, no, and I, again, two magicians, Leah in the top five, and then, yeah, and then a magician win it. It's just incredible. It's huge, and it's great for magic. Magicians across the country are going to be getting more bookings now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, true. too, that he's kind of billed as a magician, yet a lot of these, a lot of the tools for him to get his inspirational message across, he was using mostly 
mentalism. And I'm wondering if, I mean, obviously a snowstorm and a picture of restoration isn't mentalism. That's more right. magic. But he was There was using, a mentalism aspect, though, I believe. Yeah, there is a yeah. lot of, like, think of a word or a phrase or a message and let me reveal that or have that predicted. And I'm right. just wondering if that line is getting more and more blurred between someone who does, you know, a straight-up mentalism show and a magic show, or if it matters. What What are your thoughts? Um... It's a great question. I, I, when I first uh, got called to go on the show, I, I jumped on a Zoom meeting with the producers, and then he hopped on it and as well. And I, I had to ask him uh, in terms of, you know, I wanted to come up with something for us to do in the finale that was going to play to his strengths. For the results finale, yeah. yeah. For the results finale? The finale. Right, right, right. <laughs> the finale <laughs> finale, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm just trying to differentiate from his actual finale yeah, performance yeah, yeah. that the audience I got voted on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I know you um, know this. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I'm aware. 16 performances have on you, the show. Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever been on the show before? <laughs> 16. Tell me anyone that's gotten close to that number. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> but back when you and I were on, you know, mm -hmm. we had, I, I had to do eight performances to win. Right. Now you can, like, win the show in, like, three or four, you right. know? Yeah. Especially in an Olympics year. Yeah, and uh, and if you get a uh, golden buzzer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Then you get it down to three. Um, anyway. Uh, I knew that, uh, gosh, I forget where I was going with it. Oh, I wanted to find out, like, are you, like, I asked him, like, tell me what type of magic you like normally perform. Like if you're secretly a coin guy and you can do awesome stuff, like I need to know about it. I yeah. need to know about it. Like right. tell me what your, you know, strengths are. And he, he immediately went to mentalism. Interesting. Interesting. So it's definitely yeah. like part of what he likes, but I, I wouldn't, I would actually frame it as mental magic. I would say is right. what he likes and exactly. does. Cause I, and, and as we continue talking, I think we further refined, defined it as that. Yeah, yeah, and I think the difference is, uh, like, you'll see, you know, even on the same season, Peter had a process, and I think that's a lot of it, too, is, like, finding out whatever that process is to give you that skills of supposedly how you're reading minds or getting inside people's thoughts or look look back to Colin or even, even when I was on the show, I was trying to give process as I was going along so it's not just, like, suddenly I know things, right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And just trying to find the that balance of the ethics of performing a psychic type of entertainment as well, uh, yeah. but when I think I think a lot of that didn't matter because the his message kind of overshadowed any people thinking about in terms of method as well. I think again, well, everything the story was also really king. clean. Story but everything is, was clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, story is king. But also there was nothing to really criticize with within the magic side of it sure absolutely yeah it's which is good cool. i mean you want the methods like the the idea that there are methods to eat, just go unnoticed and you almost forget about it i think you want that cleanliness right exactly exactly um yeah i thought everything and he and he's given full credit to you know he had uh he, he was working with danny garcia when yeah. i was there on mm -hmm. his um finale first finale piece <laughs> <laughs> finale um, performance <laughs> and you know i've seen i know when he was doing his interviews after winning he was you know giving shout outs to danny for helping him mm -hmm. pretty much beginning to end on stuff so um yeah he, he had yeah. amazing help and i know and brent braun as well who's done some consulting for a lot of foolish acts it was you yeah know, part of that team and uh i think I think whatever, congrats to Dustin on winning, uh, but boy, do Danny and Brent get to add zeros to their consulting fees. <laughs> Especially with the shout outs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. 
Um, one of the things I was actually thinking of literally yesterday, which is the day of the performance, by the way, because mm-hmm. I had to um, right. develop it in literally days, maybe right. three or four days. Sure. <laughs> I didn't get to you know see props until I was in Los Angeles um, and go from there because we, we created this from scratch with an amazing America's Got Talent team. Um, I was thinking, wait a minute. Am I making a word appear on a bear? Or is the bear that has a word on it being selected? <laughs> right? That's the right. difference. Like, is this a prediction? Or is this snap my fingers? Now that was in theory blank. You know what I mean? And now, now it has and something and on it. It's magical. Right. So so right. in case you haven't seen it, but if you're listening to this, you should definitely go check out the clink. Well, the clink? The link. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired. <laughs> but uh the uh we'll we'll post the link in the show notes as well. But uh the quick gist of your uh, results finale piece collaboration with Dustin was and Enrico Enrico Rico's the man. <laughs> yes. I love Rico so much. He was so cool. Absolutely. So uh, it was essentially uh, a whole bunch of teddy bears. You had a lot of teddy bears. Uh, how we thought of a word uh, was a phrase actually, uh, right? <laughs> which was be kind. And uh, of all the bears selected, uh, they had little like ear tags. Yeah. And uh, all of them were blank except for the final chosen one that Sophia picked that said be kind on it. And then you also had it predicted on the backs of your shirts. And yeah. underneath everyone's chairs, they had bears that said be kind as well. And so, yeah, and, and audience members were allowed to take them if they wanted to. And the rest were all donated to Toys for Tots. Yeah, there you go. You got that charity. You got the message and the charity part of it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So very much in line with a lot of that inspirational message that Dustin fit his character throughout the run, but mm-hmm. with the, with a Matt Franco twist. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, got, and a modern family twist. Yeah. And I got a text from Marissa who works at, at my show in Vegas and she said, ramen with a twist. I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of it, especially <laughs> the box with all the bears in it is very similar. If you've seen Matt's, uh, stage show uh, got uh, inspired by, if you will, yeah, inspired by the ramen piece, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. which is a different, you know, effect as well. Yeah, totally different, totally effect, different effect, but it, it was a nice, it's a nice uh, visual, if you will, and and that overhead shot of all those bears in that box, yeah. I loved. I thought yeah. it was my favorite. Did you keep a bear? <laughs> of course. Oh, okay, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. I saved a bunch of bears. So I wanna, I wanna go into um, like the rehearsal process. Tell me, like, walk me through, like, how working with Dustin, obviously, uh, and then, like, tell me, did you give him advice, uh, especially as a the first magician to win the show? Now that he's won, like, tell me, like, the aftermath and like being there in the moment for seeing someone else win the whole show. Yeah, honestly, like watching the actual show on the monitor uh, before and after you know, doing, doing what I was there to do that, like the bit, um, is just incredibly nerve wracking. The theme song still gives me anxiety. It's just, <laughs> oh, it just, it's, it's hard. I, and I've told you this before. It's, it's really sometimes difficult to watch because it brings me back to that right. place of just, uh, Total chaos and standing on stage, waiting for them to announce yeah. the results that it feels like a 50 yeah. second pause, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know what though? Like I've, I've, I'm separated enough from it now where I could it, uh, up until I had to watch the actual show, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I could, I could be there. I could be encouraging for him and the other acts 
um, that I came into contact with. And mostly I was there to, to work with the team. And, and there is some overlap with the team that works on America's Got Talent and that I have um, working with me in Vegas. So we have an incredible shorthand. Right. When I say like the ramen box, but different because this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, I was able to sort of uh, script and create a piece that I thought checked all all of the boxes of something that would be a cool collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I, I really had fun doing it because I don't really ever get to collab. Right. Yeah. You do I've a been solo, solo show. for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think like, back to when we, I mean, you, you mentioned Derek and you did a little collab yeah Derek Hughes uh, yeah but uh uh I mean before that was it you and I doing shows together in the college colleges like yeah which was more often than not more tandem like but you do something I do something so like a genuine collab is rare to come by for me so I actually (laughs) like found it a great creative challenge to to make one right um so once we get there uh I'm trying to remember because it's all such a whirlwind I got to LA what was the first thing that I did um probably land and it's Land. so funny too, is to remember that you were uh, you were away for a friend's wet like what, bachelor party, bachelor wedding? party, <laughs> bachelor party. So I didn't get back to Vegas till one in the morning on Sunday night. That's when I landed <laughs> back in Vegas. I did a show in Vegas on Monday. I was in LA on Tuesday. So I created this remotely while everyone was partying, having a good time. I didn't even know you landed and did a show in between. Yes. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So if you really wanted to peel back the layers of what showbiz is like, is sometimes you got to go and do your personal obligations and then still work while you're having fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's nonstop. No, it's, true. it's nonstop. Anything it was, it was, yeah, it was incredibly nonstop. I landed in Los Angeles. Uh, I couldn't even go to set yet because, like, there are COVID protocols. I have to, sure. despite, you know, having vaccination, which you have to have too, but also had to do a, a test, which I believe wasn't till. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I I took it that day. I don't remember now. I took mm-hmm. it one of the days. I got a test. I guess the first thing I did was start going through the script. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I looked at some props. Then I didn't get to go over the script with Dustin until after he performed because right. they wanted him to be able to focus on his judged performance. Exactly. So we start. You know, I say, hey, here's what I've put together. Uh, this is this, this is placeholder. Uh, you know, put make sure you put this in your own words in a way that you're comfortable with. Here's where, here's what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think? Blah blah blah. And and he already you know was caught up to speed via some of the zooms and stuff that we had had sure. uh, and calls that we had uh, over those other three days. So like he you know he was up to speed on a lot of the gist of of it. But what a what a dream to work with. Honestly, just so easy and like understanding and picks things up quickly and like. I don't know. I've I've worked with a lot of people on different things and you give a note and he takes it immediately like he just he followed direction really well from from everyone involved. You yeah. know, from Danny to myself to uh the the actual director like mm-hmm. he he did a really great job of of hitting his marks and he, from one through the next he would just get better each time and it was uh it was it was really cool. I was like, "Wow, I can see his I, I'm seeing his talent. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a very nice and genuine dude, and I think that's what uh, that's what resonated with America. But I, I I had to ask him. I said like, mm-hmm. wh- why are you so good at public speaking? Sure. So what did you he know? say? I guess because he's he's fairly new to magic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So he's picked it up quite quickly. Yeah. Which is not easy to do. Like magic is, it can be a very difficult art form. Right. Uh, depending on which part of it you delve into the most, right? Um, but I guess it, it comes from church-related activities. I'm not sure exactly. Like, I don't want to sure. say, oh, he was a youth pastor or is. I'm not sure right. exactly what those roles were. But like he, he listed off a bunch. But he has some experience speaking before and kind of doing yeah. that outside yeah. of magic. And I think that comes into play. Like, I mean, we see this all the time with like actors, right? And who pick up, um, they, they pick up magic after they've already been in an acting career. Like George Costanza or Jason Alexander who played him is, uh, you know, is a magician and he can perform and he doesn't have necessarily the background of a ma um, uh, like learning magic his whole life, but because he has uh, the presentation skills, I think that comes more naturally to him and you can actually kind of elevate the magic even more by having these outside skills prior. Yeah. I think maybe we like undersell how important the likability or, or authenticity or presentation is. I know we say presentations, everything, but it's so true because it doesn't matter how technically proficient you are in, sleight of hand or quote unquote deception or this technique or method or that like at the end of the day if you're missing that huge puzzle piece of like being able to present it what do you have yeah what yeah. do you have be honest um yeah you, i mean you're just it's, it depends on what you're trying to get and evoke as an emotion right so if you're but if you don't have the charisma to evoke really any emotion other than watch how deceptive this is right that's what, what i'm saying yeah you get you have frustrated audience members that are just like i don't really like you or or <laughs> they're not even paying attention enough to be interested in the first place right if you, if you lose them right away yes so, so <laughs> you can't you're already lost the battle if you can't keep their attention and don't mm -hmm. have that hook, you know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you can't even get to your desired, uh, you know, amazement or whatever you're trying to do. But I don't think it's, a, uh, and some people and magicians will say this. I don't think, you know, uh, you, you, of course, you see the YouTube sleuths and this and that saying, oh, the sob story, this and that. But like, it, to me, it's not a sob story. To mm -hmm. me, it's a story. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say it was. I don't think there was anything savvy about it. Story, right, but, but I mean, was, I, you again, see that feedback. It's the, it's the, it's the motivate. Like I said, it's the sign of the times. Is people are looking for that hope and motivation and inspiration to like have a better world. I guess. Yeah. 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 So, uh, there's always going to be naysayers and people who are, you know, I mean, that's one of the biggest criticisms of AGT is people are just like, it's more about the story than it is the act sometimes. But I think he melded it into his act that, that, yeah, that, that's my point. Right. You know, that, mm -hmm. I, I, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. So season 16 is wow. in the books. And were you there yeah. during the whole announcement? Like what was the aftermath? Was, was there a party? Did you hang out with the celebrities or did you just like, I'm done. I got to get back to Vegas and do my show. <laughs> I, uh, what did I do? You're afterwards? like, I have to get so back I, and do the podcast. I think I had to stick around. Uh, so I was watching the monitors and I, I stayed on site at the Dolby, uh, Rico and I, um, just kind of watching because we were having a great time and mm -hmm. uh, we, we'd hit it off. Like if you didn't notice, if you got nothing else out of our triplet performance that we did, there was definitely like really solid chemistry between the three of us. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like, I felt, I felt that way. Yeah, I mean, just having fun. Yeah. Whether it came through or not, like I, I was definitely enjoying it. Um, <laughs> and so Rico and I were just watching it with some others just kind of, um, mm -hmm. and then when it finished, I congratulated Dustin. I, I, I was sticking around cause I had to take some, photos or something on the red carpet uh right then i then i just headed out to to meet a um a couple of friends and have uh 
have dinner with with them um nice yeah but so, yeah and you can see all the behind the scenes photos on your social media and everything like that if anyone wants to tune into that like some backstage you, you were doing a magic trick for someone or someone was doing a magic trick for you i think I, yeah i mean dude my it's heart was fun, melting right? so, yeah uh her name is escaping me at the moment. She had to be the youngest contestant in the finale, mm. and uh, she did her duet with the Pentatonics, I believe, oh, cool. which is awesome because they're really great and great people. Oh, funny story about the Pentatonics, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you'll love it. So, <laughs> Did you get to sing with them? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even really get to hang with them. I was just kind of with them in passing, but yeah. um, I, I do have a good one on that. So. I one of the contestants. Apparently, uh, that's for later. Okay. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Dustin was teaching her a trick. I don't mm-hmm. know how old she is, but she's an amazing opera singer, and she's you know maybe nine years old or something. And he had taught her tricks clearly because she was coming up and doing them for me. Oh, that's nice. And it was so it was the sweetest thing. And she's looking at him, going, "Oh, I don't remember this part or that." Teaching him yeah. card, teaching her card tricks, and and then I did some for her, and it was it was like uh, yeah, it was really sweet, and I I enjoyed that too. Um. So Tiana uh, flew in to hang out and like uh, help me really. Oh, I, I got to give full credit where it's due, by the way. Yeah. She's my secret weapon. She's like, of course, teddy bear, her idea. <laughs> like I came up with the magic, but she came up with the theme. There which, you go. Like oftentimes her suggestions of themes end up being the theme. <laughs> That's great. That's great to have. The, so you know. I want to make sure I'm very, very clear on that. Yes. I, you know, I did, I did the magic work, but like, she's like teddy bears. Um, you know, and it'd be, if you if you have enough of them, you can donate them. Like I was like, oh my god, yes, this is wow. all. This is it. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, you got to get Tiana on stage. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't want to be on stage, but she loves sitting on the monitor so she can tell me everything I do wrong. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's she's walking through the ball and and the the pentatonics. I don't know if there are five or six of them off the top of my head, but all of the pentatonics, maybe even in costume, I'm not sure. Well, do you know what penta means? Five. I would guess five. <laughs> so there are five. <laughs> I was getting mixed up. Okay. Thank you for pointing that out. Also, in my show the other night, I spelled circle with an S. So I'm an idiot. I, oh, man. I have so many stories like that. Go on. <laughs> um, I, I also had a brain freeze on stage where I said something like, instead of incredible finale, I said incredibly finale, which oh, made no sense. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I cut that. Oh, I don't. I'm a total goof. What are yeah, you going to yeah, do? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring way, that up. I love you for that. The uh, uh, title of the episode, though, is incredibly finale. <laughs> I'm totally cool with it. Um, <laughs> uh, total cool with it. Uh, I mean, as someone who clearly said, like, I think on my deal or no deal piece, I think I said envelope instead of case once and it didn't make oh, sense. Oh, you did. The, yeah. It was like, but one I forgot little, till you just told me. Yeah. It was a brain fart moment where it's just like, yeah. you're, there's so much pressure and it's live performance, but a uh, good thing. I know. Did you catch it in skills. the moment? No. You didn't catch it in the moment. I didn't even know I said it, which exactly. is like kind of rare for me, but I didn't even catch it. Yeah. yeah so it, anyway. it happens. And then we have yeah. oh, things yeah. like uh, video editing programs that you can splice the correct audio over. Whoa. I didn't even think <laughs> of that. <laughs> No, no, no. I like the imperfections, the human yeah. element, brother. That's part of it. That's why people go to see live things. We keep mm-hmm. talking about that. Otherwise, you know, you'd see a movie where everything's perfect all the time and, uh, you know, the the way it's supposed to look. But, uh, but anyway. Speaking of perfect, pentatonics are great. So. I was going to say, yeah, back to the <laughs> pentatonics. So Tiana's walking through the, the mall that's over by the Dolby Theater. It's like an outdoor mall. And all five pentatonics are walking through the mall as well. Sure. And she sees a girl, uh, probably like a teenager, on the escalator, like 
in a conversation, notice the pentatonics. Like mm. stop, stop dead in her conversation and kind of make a face like confused. Like, wait a minute, is that? Could that be? And then literally shakes her head, just like, oh no, no, it can't be. And went on. <laughs> so she just totally missed out on because seeing it's these... too unbelievable yeah. that you're gonna just see all five pentatonics. <laughs> like they're not literally together all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> who who knows? Maybe they're traveling around the country in a van solving mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great though? Like a ma- it's like it's like those stories you hear about like a time that that um you know Bob Saget and Dave yeah. Coulier and and John Stamos all happen to be together in a bathroom somewhere and like yeah. you know people trip out because they're there's no way that these three people would be. Yeah, together. like yeah. that can't really be them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, that is a real story, and yeah, like they were messing with this guy, like yeah. by doing lines from the show, like calling each other Danny and Jesse and stuff like that. Right, which is a weird thing to do in a bathroom. Totally, but you know Bob Saget's all about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that sounds like a great. You had a great experience going back. It felt like a family reunion. Um, you know, even like seeing for, for the comedy acts, uh, you know, all like, you know, Piff and Tom Cotter and Taylor Williamson, they preacher lost They brought all these comedians back for that little bit for Josh Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just fun to see all these past acts and, uh, maybe one of these days they'll remember I was on the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mention you all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it's a slow burn you know it's fine it's i (laughs) i wouldn't have been able to even do it with because i would have to cancel all these gigs i did i was on the road for two weeks man it's just like crazy to be back and uh that that leg of uh my my gigs coming that i had was it was alabama then back to new york the next day then the oregon and then red eye from oregon to get to philly and it was it's just a wild time man yeah I'm exhausted. Traveling, but uh, that's part of part of the show. That's part of the showbiz. You need to catch up on sleep because I'm like still way behind. Yeah, I definitely need to catch up on sleep. I, I I was trying to on the red eye, but I ended up just watching like TV episodes <laughs> to fill right. the time. Yep. Uh, but uh, I'm doing podcasts now on the plane. Sure. Yeah. Wondery. Have you heard of Wondery? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like plugging something that we is podcast related <laughs> that we have nothing to do with, but like it's cool. They have a bunch of true crime stuff, so I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, man, it's so nice being back doing gigs. I'll tell you that and having live audiences and, uh, you know, I've been getting complimented a lot, which is really good for my ego (laughs) and uh, mental health. Um, Yeah. I've been seeing some reviews, you know, just like people saying stuff about your shows on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're killing it. Yeah, it's going it's going well. It's nice to get back in the rhythm. I mean, even some of them weren't about the shows like like the school in Oregon, like they were just so nice like complimenting even like my blazer and t-shirt and like the way I'm delivering jokes is like I need to come to Oregon way more often, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> But uh I had an interesting uh out of the norm gig for me, um uh, unusual uh walk around gig in Philadelphia. Where I got to, speaking, since we mentioned him several times already, I got to work with Derek Hughes, our good friend. Uh, And uh, we were basically in a museum at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. And we both did walk around for a couple hours for this big event, this opening night. Uh, I got to post up. (laughs) I found the brain exhibit and just stood outside the brain exhibit. And just being like the mind reader was able to like just have a steady flow because... 
what's what I don't like about walk around gigs is that initial approach where you interrupt people, right? And you go up and you're kind of like bothering. I was like, hey, do you want to see some mind reading or whatever? However you do it, don't do it like don't that. Don't like. By the way. Don't like is just not nearly a strong enough phrase to define my feelings on it. Yeah, it's just that I don't like to bother people. I don't want to, like, as soon as people hear and they're, like, they're gung-ho and, like, yeah, we want to see it, then you just go into the performance, fine. It's just that initial approach that I think almost every close-up worker I've ever talked to has a has a problem with, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, but this was nice because there was so many students walking around the entire museum, and the reactions started to spur interest from other groups as well so it almost became like a like a 10 and one show or like kind of busking in a way where i would perform for a group and go through kind of a set that i had established and then they would kind of meander away and there would be people waiting to see the full set again so i would just kind of like then go on not just repeat but like go through the set again and you know it's always different every time but it was nice because there was a steady stream of people so i didn't have to do that initial uh right. approach every time and just right. kind of be like oh i'm just gonna be busy this whole two hours of you did know you get, walk like, around did you get that one guy or gal who's like way too into it and they just stand and watch every set yeah, sort of but you kind of be like well i'm nice to meet you you do the booth technique right at a trade yeah. show or it's like you yeah. kind of like shake their hand and be like well if you want to see more come back later i might do some other stuff and but there right. was nice having derek there because i would be like oh there's another person from america's got talent he's a magician uh my name's eric his name's derek it's not confusing at all but uh <laughs> That's great. go find him he's on the other side of the museum so once they saw like we were plugging each other and kind of like sending traffic each other's way oh, very which cool. was really good way to do it nice. as well and then do we you guys to, have dinner after or anything like that yeah we got to hang out a little bit and catch up and like he's just on the road busy working as well and we, he always we, makes me laugh man yeah we got into joke writing and talking about comedy but also just about like you know, that balance, some of the stuff we talk about here on the podcast are the balance of like artisticness and commercialism and how to find the, the value of booking the work, but still being true to yourself as an artist. And yeah, uh, we just had like some really long, intense uh, conversations and uh, we should we should definitely get him. We, we keep adding guests. We, or we could have named all the people we talked about so far in this episode to get the best guests. So we'll add yeah. them to our uh, inevitable guest list for the podcast. To, to yeah, chat. we're going to get Rico. Yeah. Dustin. Dustin. Derek. Derek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. That's a whole a whole slew of them right there. Yep. <laughs> so just add it to our never-ending list of people we'll eventually contact and get on the podcast. But at uh, some point, yeah, I think Perhaps. Derek would be good to chat about some of those like deeper. Yeah, that'd be fun stuff as well. So yeah, that'd be fun for sure. Um, so yeah, it's just been busy. I got more shows coming up and hitting the road again. Uh, I, I it was nice to have like a day off where I can catch up on laundry and paperwork and emails and sleep and uh, and then just get out there again. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, and Rose Room is uh, up and running again. I did the first opening for that show. They moved venues again, um, but uh, they've got a permanent residency for at least the next three months uh, or so at uh, the Triad Theater in New York, so uh, you can come check that out. Uh, I'll be on some of those shows. I'll, I'll make announcements. What nights is that? Is that weekend or weekdays? Weekdays. It was like a Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. There's a chance I'm in on a Tuesday coming up. Oh, okay. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a Tuesday, leave on a Wednesday night type thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll I'll um, 
be there. I'll be there or not yet, just because it's right. like kind of rotating the the magical acts. Sure. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you know if it's happening. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's 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 definitely a different vibe being in more of a like a theater space than kind of like a a nightclub ish uh, area. But it was a lot of fun to you know perform and you know rip duct tape off my face. So <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Uh, but yeah, we should probably switch gears because uh, I know a lot of people are tuning in just for our riddles. So let's get to diddle me this. Diddle me this. Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. So I know you've had a long week of busy. See where your brain's at now for this okay. riddle. All right. Brian works at a place with thousands of products, some very expensive. People take his products without paying for them, as many as they can carry out, and just walk out. All that Brian requests of his customers is that they keep their mouths shut. What does where does Brian work? Keep their mouths shut. I'll start off by saying I have no idea. Ooh. Brian, what was the first line? So Brian works at a place with thousands of products. Now is that Brian with a like a Y or an I? It doesn't matter. It's just No, I name. know, I'm just it's kidding. Just a name. <laughs> <laughs> he works at a what? Uh, he Brian works at a place with thousands of products, some very yeah. expensive. People mm. take his products without paying for them, as many as they can carry out, and just walk out. All that Brian requests of his customers is that they keep their mouths shut. Where does Brian work? Hmm. I think like the keep their mouth shut might not mean what you think it means, right? So like keep your mouth shut means be quiet, but like I think in this case it could just mean their mouth actually has to physically be shut for one reason or another. Interesting. Um, okay, so that means that's barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, the other the other place my mind went was online shopping, but mm-hmm. you don't really walk out from online shopping, so I don't think. And it you can definitely be any... pay for online shopping. Yeah, it's just a different type of exchange, so my mind went there. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing else. Wow. All right. All right. You thought this was easy or no? I don't know. I was curious to see how you thought on this. Uh, okay. I think that last line, the, the mouth shut part, is a good key there. Um, so I was on to something. Yeah. Uh, you're sort of, it, it's not necessarily that their mouths have to be closed, but it is about like being, you know, not telling people or not oh. making sounds. So. It is more literal of keeping their oh, mouth shut. Oh, oh, it's a library. It is a library. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. There's thousands like of products, which are books. Yep. Some are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one part I have an issue with is they could just walk out. I think you have to stop and you have to check them out. I think so, uh, because I have taken out books from the library physically uh, somewhat recently, by the way, believe it or not. Um, and I think there is some sort of process on the way out. You use a machine now if you want, but you right. still have to do a little process. Right. I guess they're just saying in this you can riddle. You walk out without paying. Yeah, walk out without paying. Yeah, exactly. So, cool, man. Well done. Are you, thank you. Are you ready for yours? Yeah. You Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia. Pressure. Trivia. All right, so this should be pretty easy because even if you know nothing about this, it's 50-50. Okay, good. 
You know, I know you're low on sleep here, so I'm giving you a 50-50 one. And the answer is either going to be cats or dogs. Oh, boy. Well, I this makes it hard because it seems so could be so arbitrary, and I like actually knowing something. So this might be a guess, but I do like my odds still. So go I, ahead. I, I think it's it might be something that's uh, you know figured out as well. We'll see. Okay. So or thought about at least at least analyzed. I'll say that. So cats or dogs? Which animal has more vocalizations? Vocalization. Hmm. Let's see. Can I recreate any sounds from either of these animals? <laughs> Vocaliz- well, it's interesting because right away I'm thinking like dogs just bark, but cats can meow and purr. Like is purring a vocalization? It's kind of like I, I would th- I would assume so. I don't know the answer yeah. to that, but like I would think that would count. Although, but in terms of like pitch. I've heard dogs' range go, like, from low to high. Right, right. But cats just kind of meow, and I don't know. Hmm. So is vocalization meaning in terms of pitch or types of sounds? Um, Probably not pitch. Probably types hmm. of sounds. Okay. Because, like, a dog can, like, whimper. <laughs> I, lo- like- I love this question is so much more fun than I gave it credit for. <laughs> and, like, they can, like, beg. And they can uh, bark. They can howl. Ooh, dogs can do a lot more than cats. I feel now. Like I'm saying a lot more, and like they maybe are more expressive. I'm gonna go dogs. Is my answer? No. All right. <laughs> I, I need an explanation because well, I I don't feel I, like I don't <laughs> I don't have an explanation. But here's the thing: it's not even close. Really. It doesn't list what they actually are, but cats, this is from foundanimals.org. Cats have as many as a hundred different vocalizations while dogs only have like 10. I feel like I've heard dogs do a wide variety of sounds. (laughs) (laughs) And cats. A hundred, but like what would the hundred be? I don't know. Like I can get meowing and like hissing maybe. Shrieking. Yeah, and just purring. I don't know. Yeah. If you if you are a cat or dog expert, please write it because I am yes. fascinated. I need to know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I've almost heard dogs talk. Uh, <laughs> that's true. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to do a fact. Who is our fact checker? And we don't have one. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of like, I don't know, Scooby Doo. <laughs> right. That's like a cartoon. Okay, fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, okay. I guess I got that one right. That's fine. But I'm curious to know more. Uh, Matt, (laughs) let's let's jump into our mailbag because I feel like this question that I found um, is actually um, a little bit related to uh, your recent AGT appearance. So let's jump in right here. The mailbag. I've got mail. Uh, this came from Diego, who uh, wants to know our thoughts on uh, the, the process to create tricks. And, uh, okay. I mean, I think this ties in. I, I picked this one out because you recently had to create a trick yes. for AGT. But, yeah. uh, it, and, and you kind of outlined a little bit of that experience. But, like, go into the thought process of uh, maybe coming up with tricks for your show as well. I was talking to Danny Garcia uh, in L.A. about it, like, 
uh, we both believe very strongly that constraints help. Mm. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel mm-hmm. restrictions for me help creativity. So, uh, for example, if someone were to hypothetically come to me and say, um, hey, we want you to come on this show and we're looking for something that has this feeling or that tone, or we want it to be for whatever reason, they say, you kind of have to be seated at a table because of what our set is like, or you need to be standing or it needs to feel big. Like any of those like uh, stipulations help creativity for me. That's like actually huge. Yeah, and that's something I think we've definitely talked about. There's a book called The Beautiful Constraint, which is about uh, putting limitations on art and then art finding ways to thrive within those limitations. And that's exactly what you're speaking about here. So it's uh, because it's almost choice paralysis when anything is possible. When you have too many options, you can't really find a way to focus on any specific direction because anything Mm -hmm is open and available to you. So if you're like, oh, I want to, like even just like an arbitrary improv game of like adding that to your creative process is like, I want to do a trick where I only say 10 words or something like that. Like right, that would, right. That would st- spur a whole different outcome to an effect than you can say whatever you want, just putting that right. one limitation on it. So you can create these arbitrary limitations just to see where it takes you creatively, or you can have specific limitations like, uh, in the situation you have doing television where this needs to be done, it needs to be within this frame, it has to... Time length. You know, time length. It, it, it has to incorporate, you know, another person's character and their persona and message like you right. did with, you know, working with Dustin. Um, and, and and I think that's kind of a, a great way to approach it. And the, the, the more different the limitations are from yep. other performers, you'll find more unique ways to solve those problems and create stuff that's never been seen before. Now, this is going to sound contradictory almost, but like Mm -hmm. once you have, or maybe even before you have necessarily those constraints, but I I like having those constraints right off the bat. Then I think of concepts with like big blue sky, open sky or empty canvas, they say, Mm -hmm. and like sort of anything is possible. What's the dream now? Okay. So I know where we are. I know the setting and what could we do? So, you know, we were talking about teddy bears with tags. It, it didn't start as tags. It started as, uh, what if you could make something embroidered? You know, things like that. And then it's like, okay, here's the dream. Here's where we'd like to get. That's not physically possible because of this constraint, whether right. it be um, not having enough time to be able to do something, like li- like literally between now and whenever the gig is, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or uh, method-wise, it doesn't work. Or for, for rent, there are a lot of reasons that you can't do uh, whatever it is that like you would be your top choice, right? So that's why it's, you have to be ready to pivot to, okay, here's the gist. How can I achieve that same feeling or that same effect um, w- without doing exactly that? What What is similar to that that like has the same uh, sentiment or hit or punch? Right. So like yeah. constraints combined with blue sky is like a recipe for awesome. It, it, it can be anyway. Right. And then as you have that dream or that desired outcome, you're finding the parts where that hits up against those walls and then you have to find creative solutions around them. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost like kind of fitting a balloon in a box, if you will. Like, <laughs> you're, what do you you're, mean? Try- you're trying to expand a big balloon, but if it's like only in a box, oh, it's hitting up yes. against that and then it's taking a new shape. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I and just then came sometimes up with that the shape- metaphor, which also happens to be like similar to something you created for your show. R- right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's like 
sometimes the shape of that balloon, just still speaking in metaphors here, is just so far from what you had originally wanted, and you're like, no, that doesn't work, and you don't do it. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's like a guaranteed process for success. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, a, a way that I've eliminated some of the guesswork. Yeah, and and just to help Diego out too, uh, in terms of because uh, I don't know where uh, he's trying to figure out how to create from his perspective. But do you ever get inspiration? Like, where do you get the inspiration to come up with a trick? Do you look to, towards tricks that you know, or different categories that you're more comfortable with, whether it be cards or coins, that kind of genre of magic? Uh, like, how do you how do you go about building something that feels new uh, when there's been just so much that's already been done. Right. Um, gosh. Yeah. I think like that's kind of why it's hard to force inspiration. Right. And that kind of mm-hmm, has to like, mm-hmm. you almost have to like start there rather than starting with a, a method or a trick. Right. Sometimes it's like, what is, what is the tableau I want to create? Yeah. What is the memorable moment? What is the mm-hmm. chainsawing through the big block of ice? Right. Or whatever it is, like whatever right. that image is, um, you know, Something Danny said too, like he'll walk through bookstores and look at covers of books because those will inspire images yeah. for him. Um, and it could be, and he gave an example too, like it, like a matchstick with, it's like instead of a flame, it's like ice. Mm-hmm. That's a weird mm-hmm. image in our brain, right? It makes certain things collide in our brain that don't normally collide. So you, if you start with like an image of like what you see yourself doing, like then sometimes you can, if you have a magic background, figure out the magic later. Right, 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 right. That's how cutting open a seat happened. It was, it wasn't even an impossible location. It was really just like, oh, I love the idea of like cutting open the upholstery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's felt fun, you know? Yeah, Maybe I was watching yeah. too much Dexter at the time. I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's the key to start to all of this is first being in a state of mind where you're open for things to inspire you. So you have to yes. go around. And I mean, it's from the, the comedian perspective too, is like they always have a notebook on them. I always have my phone on me to jot down notes when any inspiration does come for me, uh, come to me. So, cause I'm constantly gauging around and I was like, Oh, that's, that seems weird or odd, or I have an opinion about something. And then I'm just going to jot that down and it might no, go, not go anywhere. Uh, it might not be a good idea, but at least it's then in my notebook so that I can go review that later and judge it later as well to see if that's going to bring inspiration elsewhere. Well, for example, uh, your quarterfinal performance, one of the greatest TV magic pieces of all time, <laughs> Deal or No Deal, right? How did you, what may, I mean, it, it, I know the answer is kind of simple because you're like, how did you come up with it? Obviously, it was inspired by the game show and it came to you because Howie was uh, mm-hmm. sitting right across from you every time you had to perform. So it kind of made sense. But yeah, how did you think of that? Do you remember? Yeah, I was already kind of going through my story arc of, uh, you know, just creating a piece per judge. Like I just had that idea to focus on the judges. And then, uh, you know, once I, you know, had had Sharon uh, and did a piece with her, I was like, well, let's move to Howie. And I kind of just came up with like, what do I know about Howie? Oh, and also games are something I'm passionate about, game shows I'm passionate about. So I was like, maybe I can combine that game show element of deal or no deal with a, some sort of prediction effect uh and then just kind of came through the processes of how do i recreate that as much as possible where would be the prediction oh the they choose cases so i guess cases predicting which 
what their choice is is a mentalism thing. So the choice of case uh, is what I will predict, and it will be the number, and I'll give many chances to change their mind. And how how do I map it close enough to the game show itself so that it feels authentic and real and uh and then finding out coming up with how to do that and method wise to get to that final product is hitting those limitations along the way since i already had the framework of i want this to look exactly like deal or no deal right so that all started with that and then the trick yeah it came up with the idea and then how do i add an element of the magic and the amazement to it and then how am i hitting those walls so that it's fitting that vision you know, right. every step of the way and finding creative solutions to get to that end result. Right. Very cool. That yeah. sounds like, we, it sounds like, it sounds like we've really kind of like analyzed that more, more succinctly than I expected we could. <laughs> yeah. And it's something you don't really do consciously as you're doing it. It's like, right. you know, it's because we've had the experience of doing these kind of pieces and I guess, and, and and it's always fun to find new ways to become creative as well. But like that's just I think the way we've internalized a lot of this is kind of and again, it's oversimplifying a lot of it. <laughs> and again, right. it's and it's a lot of uh, you know, subconscious work that's being done as we're in the creative process. And, and well. the more mistakes you make, like the better because you, you learn from them and you don't generally make them again. So do you find that you can like eliminate guesswork when you're creating, you kind of already know, okay, this will probably work. And you're usually kind of right of what will and won't work on some facet of the method or presentation. Yeah. I think, I think that's just the experience telling you what works yeah. and what does it. Right. And then, so, yeah. so, so the more experience you have, the more you're able to gauge that ahead of time. However, I don't think that should be, it'll point you in the right direction, but I don't think that should be the end all be all because sometimes you can sort of do a shotgun approach and just try stuff out on stage and you don't, you won't know until you get the reaction from the audience. And like some stuff will surprise you. Be like, I never thought that would work at all. And the audience loves it. Right. Yep. 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 So I think, I think it's good to be open to going outside those normal processes of your creativity to see what else can come from it. No, that's a great point. Try, trying things, I think, is so important. Just trying it. Mm-hmm. Just, put it just, out there. Yeah, put it out there. See what happens. And that's how, that's how you refine it once you actually start performing it. It's just, you know, don't, you don't have to – it could be changing the cadence of a single word, changing mm-hmm. the inflection of which word in the sentence. It could be posture is different. It could be you're more relaxed. It could be how – how far away you put the deck from you on the table. Like maybe it's closer to them and it feels really mm-hmm. free and open. Like mm-hmm. they could pick it up and shuffle it if they wanted to. It's, it's a lot of things that you can try. Right. And, and just to dovetail this off too, because again, I don't know what the exact intent of Diego's original message was, but uh, if in terms of creating effects, because we did a lot of um, uh, presentation, uh, you know, and how to like make something unique to that vision of the presentation. Is th- do you focus on like how do I create a brand new effect? If we're just talking about the magic itself of what happens plot wise uh, for the magic to occur. Um, I I mean, there certainly have been times when I when I've focused on that. Sure, uh, yeah. I don't think it's like, um, generally like. An, an important starting point necessarily depends on what you're doing right so mm-hmm. yeah obviously you want to <laughs> magic is a novelty mm-hmm. right so you want to be giving the audience something novel something that they haven't seen before 
So that doesn't mean like necessarily the effect. That doesn't mean necessarily the presentation. It could be both of those things. It could be something else. Like mm -hmm. I think I always want it to be novel, but it doesn't mean I'm trying to like go outside of whatever the eight or seven, you know, depending on which school you follow here, or 25 different effects there are. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, all these uh, magic theory books mentioned, there's only like seven or eight magic effects you can do. But what makes them unique and different from each other are how you approach those effects or changing the objects that are happening with the effects, mm -hmm. like a mm -hmm. torn and restored newspaper is different than a torn and restored person. You know, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, you can classify them as the same effect. Yeah, it's restoration. It's a restoration, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think you know a lot of our strengths, performing wise, is putting that presentational spin on creating things new. But I think in terms of effects, like I'm literally just doing two things my entire show. I'm reading people to tell them what they're thinking, or I'm influencing to predict what they're gonna say, and it's right. all. That, that in terms of effect, it's like, all right, how do I then put the the presentation around that to make that feel different so it's not seeing the same power over and over and over again, you know? Exactly. Yeah, tough to do, especially in your world, especially mm -hmm. into uh, mentalism, which is why we're going to change this podcast to Magic Over Minds. Wow. <laughs> but then not to say there's amazing creators as well, like Danny Garcia, who comes up with brand new magic plots all the time that we're seeing True. like no one's ever seen that before uh which is which is great as well so maybe we'll Plots have are him different on than effects though too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right yeah so maybe we'll have him to talk about yeah let's get <laughs> his, him on the podcast it's creative uh, <laughs> part but even just like if you're looking at stuff and you're like oh i kind of like this if you're going through old magic books or whatever and you're like i like this plot or this idea see how you can change it up so like anything that you add yourself to it will cr make something new or just change up the prop change something in it mm -hmm. and you'll you'll eventually get to a new idea i think is yeah. the goal right good good advice look at this gold we're given here yeah. we actually provided some real value today i think are you saying we don't normally <laughs> well it's just been two weeks that's all gotcha i gotcha that's it's been all. a while <laughs> <laughs> well uh let's wrap up matt uh let's uh what wh uh what are your plugs what do we do first plugs it's been so long plugs uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what we do first. Get your tickets to Magic Reinvented Nightly at the link. If you didn't hear Terry Crews say it enough times, then you're hearing <laughs> me say it. Um, and I'll be traveling around doing uh, a couple shows uh, this weekend uh, in Delaware, Connecticut, uh, around some private events, colleges, some corporate stuff, still a couple virtual stuff that I'm, I've got on the books as well. Uh, and you can uh, book me over at ericdittleman.com. Uh, but... I'm not doing goals. You don't have a goal? Do you? It looks blank to you, to me for, for this week. I see your previous ones here, but well, yeah. you I usually, put a goal yet. I usually fill them in after we say them. Oh, do you have uh, one? <laughs> well, I was uh, my goal last week was to write more in a scheduled time. So, again, having the scheduled time is hard uh, for me. I don't find the inspiration coming, but I think just having that as a goal has sparked my creativity and I've actually gotten a lot more inspiration and just had, like I was saying, having my notebook on me, I've been coming up with a lot more ideas than I normally would have if I didn't have that time scheduled. Oh, so, so like, yeah, that's great. 
So I think my goal is then, especially since I'm writing a lot of like just comedy and jokes right now, is uh, I want to get up on stage and just try out some of these jokes to see if they work separate from my show. So cool. whether it go to like, uh, you know, open mic nights or whatever. Just and to- not perform anything other than comedy. Yeah. Just to I try love that. that idea. I love and, that idea for you. And then yeah. see if it works and put it into the show where where it could be as well. That so. sounds absolutely terrifying to me, and I think it's wonderful <laughs> for you to try. <laughs> and uh, you you were trying to get a trivia book, man. <laughs> my life got in the way. I That's am not totally adding. Fair. I have not been adding goals to my agenda this week mm-hmm. or past two weeks. I've been deleting things from my calendar. That's just like there ain't no way I'm not gonna be able to do that. I have to postpone that. So I have not done even the trivia book yet, um, yeah. but you know what? Pop it on for next week. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a trivia. I'm going to also add, uh, for both of us, get some sleep and catch yeah, up on I'm, that yeah, rest. Rest and relaxation is important to uh, make sure we're 100% to do these shows for our audiences and uh, give them the best experience possible. So self-care. Yeah, I've got to leave in less than an hour to do a show at the link and like, I can't nap because there's a chance I don't get up, you know, if I'm in that state right now. So, well, I think that's a good time to then end the podcast, but please feel free. Chime in. Let us know your thoughts on uh, any questions you have for us, or if you want to talk about uh, AGT or any ex- the experiences Matt just had, or you have a riddle or question or trivia or anything, uh, email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod. But uh, Matt, you seem awake. You did it. I'm awake. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We do love you. Appreciate you being with us for all these episodes, or even if it's your first. Um, Leave us a review if if you like us. That goes a long way for us. The five stars in particular is is awesome. Um, And those of you who have already done it, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.